This is Hotshot Archery's Outdoor Podcast. The show starts in three, two, one, go. All right, and we are back live again with another episode of Hotshot Archery's Outdoor Podcast. I'm Logan Chartrand. Joining me from the mobile pork control unit this week, we've got Robin Parks and Keith Reen. How are you guys doing today? Hey, Logan, this is Robin. I'm doing great. How you doing, Logan? Good to talk to you. Yeah, great to uh, hear from you all as well. You two are on your way south to parts unknown and to coverage less available to uh, start wrapping up this summer. I know last time we talked, we kind of talked about wrapping up hog hunting, but uh, sounds like time to get one more in for the year. Yeah, it uh, wasn't really planned. But I definitely have some hogs coming in early afternoons still, and uh, one last south wind for about the next 10 days, really, and I need a good south or a west wind. So called Keith to see if he was available and kind of make a last-minute go at it, kind of a, I'll call it a deer season tune-up. How's that? Yeah, absolutely. You guys have been heading out early the last couple weeks. Uh, are you getting some early evening or late afternoon pictures? How, what has caused you to uh, make sure that you're getting down there and getting out in the blind so early? Well, of course, the days are getting shorter now. So uh, what used to be, you know, thinking dark was going to be about nine o'clock is about 730 these days. So that's part of it. But this particular feeder we're going to all summer, they've been hitting it really early. This is the same feeder you and I hunted early in the summer together that uh, we got there after the hogs, if you remember that. And that pattern of them coming early in the day has kept up all summer long. So we're going to we're gonna do our best to be there first for a change. It certainly makes the hunting a little bit more effective if you're there when the animals are also there. It seems to work. I know Keith will tell you the aggravation level. Last time him and I went there, the hogs were there 11 minutes before us. So Yeah, that's not the first time it's happened to us. It seems like they're pretty unpredictable. Which, But uh, I like the midday stuff myself. I'm wide awake. I uh, you know, kind of like watching this sit back and pass the time a little bit. Last time we got to had a coyote come in and keep us company for a little bit. Seems like the earlier we get out there, the more stuff that happens. I got no problem with the midday stuff. It's uh makes for a little easier footage too. Usually when you're hunting, when there's actually some light out. Right. Yeah, I do like that a lot better. It's, the green light's pretty good, but I'd much rather you know be in the light of day for footage purposes, especially the recoveries. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. The only sure, unfortunate man. part is got to battle the heat a little bit that's the only the only bad thing we still got a day in the 90s here before it starts cooling down yeah i uh i was out earlier today and i was like man it's warm out but it was really hard to complain i i wouldn't say i broke every like corona rule in the world but went to vegas this past weekend with my wife for a 40th birthday trip and it was 118 degrees out there on saturday and it was like 102 still at 10 o'clock at night so 
I'm like, okay, yeah, this isn't quite as bad as it could be really. Like, I don't, I don't care what you say about a dry heat. If I can avoid any sort of heat whatsoever, um, it makes it a little bit more bearable though. At times, you know, even though there is still some warmth, it's a lot easier knowing that you're getting closer to the evening and the temperature's cooling down than knowing that you got out there in the morning and it's only going to get hotter all day. But the weather's supposed to break this week. Uh, I just mentioned they're not having any south winds for about the next 10 days. But that's also good news for uh, our deer season, which starts a week from today. today. Yeah, a week from today. Right, wow. right. I looked at the forecast yesterday, and it looks like we starting the 10th through at least the 20th. I didn't, it didn't go any further than that. But uh, 10th through the 20th, we won't have a single day in in the 80s all going to be about mid 70s i'm really looking forward to that oh man that's awesome the only downside for me the last couple years i have always taken off around that first or second week in november to do a pre-rifle season hunt in like the heart of the pre-rut so this early season stuff i'm i get so excited for it but i'm like man if i shoot a nice buck that pretty much blows my vacation for that week. So it's almost antlerless only for me up until we get close to that one week of vacation. I'm like, I want to make sure that I'm out there in the tree stand, but that's so awesome because normally it feels like the last two or three years, it's been in the mid to upper nineties when we've opened up. That wouldn't surprise me if it didn't get back up that way. That's what you get here in the Midwest. Nothing consistent, that's for sure. Yeah, I figure for sure we've got at least one more 100-degree day in us before it really cools down permanently. I think this will be just enough to uh, make it really deadly on some early-season food plots for some people with the deer. Maybe hopefully this weather gets them up and moving around a little bit more and uh, not sticking so tight to just sitting on their water source all day long. But it should be it should make for one of the best starts to a deer season that we've seen, like I said, at least in two or three years. I, I'm hoping so. I do know uh, I've been out putting cameras out, moving cameras around. Uh, last time we talked, I kind of mentioned that I'd been a little on the lazy side and, and didn't really have much of a game plan put together. But the last couple weeks, I've located, I guess you'd say located, got pictures of, used my unfair advantage of cellular cameras. <laughs> To uh, <laughs> locate about five, four or five really nice deer, uh, most of which we knew about from last year. But uh, what I was going to say is um, acorns are falling heavily already in, in, in my spot, which I found uh, a little a little early. Um, and also that grove of persimmon trees that led to my opening day buck last year has already started dropping some. Yeah, I wonder if it's been the heat or what's going on, because I've noticed some of that, too. I've actually noticed that the woods haven't seemed. I I made a comment when I was out doing some camera updates, replacing some batteries the other weekend that I could see further through the woods than I have been in a long time for being late August. I don't know if the heat's had something to do with that or or what it is this year. I, I guess it could be the dry weather we've had. You know, we were so wet over the spring now so dry the last month really but not sure what it is but uh, i do know uh my evening drives looking for deer is 
gotten less and less less productive, and I attribute that to the deer being back in the woods eating acorns that are starting to fall. And, um, I don't know. I I I would have thought I would keep killing hogs if I didn't have any bucks really locked down, but the last week's worth of pictures has really got me excited about deer season. Say you've uh, certainly had some nice ones posted up on your Instagram account um, here recently. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing you mentioned earlier that haven't really got on any. It, it seems like you've gotten on plenty, and it's just trying to figure out when they're going to cruise by your spot in daylight hours. Yeah, uh, a couple of them have been uh, in front of one of our cameras eating acorns specifically uh, in the daylight, not regularly like the same deer every single evening but there's two or three nice bucks on one camera that maybe one or two out of every few evenings one of them is there before it gets dark so there is a possibility if uh, uh, on that um and, and as the velvet starts to come up all of a sudden cameras that i've had going all summer are showing new bucks that i've never seen uh, you haven't seen it yet, but of all things, one of my hog feeders has a a big wide drop tine buck on it. Oh, nice! Yeah, yeah. So always nice to start getting it's those pictures. Pretty- I know you've seen them down there before, but with it being such a haul, it's it's nice to start to see some nice deer hitting the cameras. You'd think they'd use that corn a little bit more frequently, but I don't know. Maybe the hogs keep them pushed off. I think that's what usually. It's happening because when I first start a feeder up, deer will be on it really heavily. And then when the hogs start using it, the deer just kind of stop showing up. And this particular feeder is the same one that me and Andrew killed the four out of a couple weeks ago. The hogs have really been really hit or miss there now. And uh, the deer are using it more and more. So uh, pretty soon here, I'll quit quit feeding the hogs. and. Uh, and that property would be fair game for me to deer on if, if there are some nice bucks to be had or be like worthy of chasing. There's plenty of deer down there, that's for sure. Yeah, always nice to have additional spots. I mean, you've got so many close to home, and like I said, you're starting to get some really, really nice bucks on camera. Have you kind of targeted in on any one particular or um, is this season going to be less about chasing one or two deer and more just focusing on uh, the experience itself? Any plans for how you're going to approach this archery season? I My approach, and I think Keith is the same, is to know about as many big deer as possible. Uh, but for me in particular, uh, really, if it's a, a mature buck that walks by me, meaning seems to be on the older side, uh, well, even if it's one of the smaller racks, I'm not to the point where I'm going to pass up a deer that I know is old just because his rack is significantly less inches than some of the other deer we have pictures of and and yeah, I think lay some of his pictures. We have some old deer that just won't score much and we have some other older deer that'll score a lot. But I'm not I mean I just want to shoot an older deer. 
I'm not too concerned about the inches. I, I'm not sure how much feels about that. But yeah, I got a luxury this year. This is the first time in my life I actually retired from teaching, and so I still stay busy doing you know with my squincher stuff. But I'm going to get to be a lot choosier this year with the times I get to hunt. I used to kind of just call myself a weekend warrior and kind of stretch my weekends at three, maybe four days when it gets good. But I can watch the weather a lot more this year. And if it means sitting in a tree on a Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, that's where I'll be. So we've got some pretty good ones spotted on our particular uh, lease that Tony and I hunt on. Uh, you know, it, it's, we kind of depend on the food to bring the deer to us. And then as it gets later in the fall, the does start bringing the bucks to us. But they primarily, you know, they, there's a property that borders ours that's 800 acres that's pretty much managed for bird hunting, which means it's, uh, you know, like CRP, really high weeds and thick brush, and and that, of course, houses big bucks that, that don't really move until they have to. So, anyway, long story short, I'm going to be a lot more patient, I think, this year and, and really kind of hone in on those key times to be in a tree. And like Robin said, I got pictures of a couple bucks that, I know are five or six years old. They're not necessarily going to score, you know, as giant back bucks, but pretty neat to see, you know, deer that size on the hook. Yeah, especially, I mean, any area, I'm kind of the same way at the farm. It's more about the age of a deer. I keep trying to get older and older deer. I feel like I can control that a little bit more than I can rack size. I've certainly seen some nicer bucks this year, putting out higher quality minerals earlier in the year giving them that place where they can do a bit similar situation. They're not really feeding on us. We've got a couple food plots that are more based on like bird cover. We have seen a lot more turkey poults this year, which is phenomenal because we actually didn't hunt the farm a whole lot, thinking that we were having low numbers. So it's great to see that. Um, they've been using a lot of the smaller fields. We've got some of that, but we're mostly said that bedding cover, similar situation where, the does really bring the bucks onto us more than anything. We have seen we're already starting to get hard horned deer, so that's kind of out the window. It seems like that's normally right at about the start of season. Again, maybe it was the dry, the heat, whatever, but they shed their velvet, and we're starting to see rubs already. I would imagine maybe that's getting some of that velvet off, but totally changed their patterns. We're not seeing some of the nice bucks that we were seeing. We're not getting as many pictures, so... Now, like you, Keith, for me, it's waiting for the right time to get in the right stand and hope that they're coming through cruising, looking for does, because there's not going to be a whole lot else on our property that's going to be phenomenal for keeping them around other than hunting around the edges of the bedding areas that we have. Yeah, and that's really where I'm at, too. Like you asked, was I going to target a specific buck? And I, I kind of gave my answer, but I should also build on that say if we don't think that we can kill one of the bucks that that we know about that we want to kill uh, I'll keep bug for a while until the time is right um, it season's only a week away and I'm not sure if I'm gonna hunt opening day or opening week yet or not to, to be determined still as we were talking about shooting you know what makes us happy same thing for me it's hunting when it makes me happy instead of trying to force it every single weekend. You know, it's a Sunday for me. It's, you know, similar to you driving out to hogs. It's a two plus hour drive for me to go to my deer hunting property. So instead of trying to 
force it in there and hunting when it's uncomfortable or hunting when maybe the deer aren't quite as active. Again, we haven't got back on their new patterns yet. Normally for us, you mentioned acorns dropping. For us, it seems like they don't start hitting the acorns until much later in the winter. I don't know if it's because of all the ag in the area, if they have all the corn and the soybeans they can eat, but it really seems like it's usually December before we start to see a lot of sign where they're up in the acorns. So for me, even though season is a week out, I feel like um, it's probably going to be closer to October before I really start to hunt. Unless again, as I was saying earlier, if somebody were to call me and say, man, we're loaded with does. Absolutely. I got plenty of room in the freezer. I can certainly go get another tag. Uh, but I don't think that from based on what I'm seeing so far, I don't know that I'm targeting any bucks in the early season. I think I'll wait and see if uh, new deer or just deer showing up more frequently as we get a little closer to the rut. Yeah. And you know, you brought up something that uh, you and I and Justin Linklow talked about recently. We just touched on it briefly. But about shooting what makes you happy. Um, that is an excellent topic. Keith and I probably have about 10 to 12 more minutes to signal. We ought to hit on that a little bit. And, and the reason I say that is because our, our conversations on this podcast often tend towards big deer when we're talking about deer. And, um, we really should, just like we it, we kind of uh, emphasize to our listeners when we say something that we choose to do or that we do, the, our method is because it works for us, not because that's the end all. I hope our listeners understand that every single listener ought to shoot whatever deer gets them excited when that deer walks up. And that doesn't matter if it's a doe, if it's a small buck, if it's a giant buck, if it's a button buck, whatever that deer is, uh, every hunter goes through phases. Uh, I still love to go out and just kill deer. I mean, to be deer hunting with no pressure, a doe tag in my pocket, but that's going to be dependent on what time of year it is and what else I know is happening. Like, like you mentioned, Logan, if someone says they've got deer problems and they need some gone, you're going to be tickled to death to go shoot a doe or two. And I'm the same way. But, um, and this goes back to your question about did I have a particular deer lined up? I mean, I, we have a couple deer that I consider to be really big. And yes, I would love to shoot them. But Keith will be the first one to tell you. Uh, so would Eric and Billy and all the other guys that I hunt with. If a buck walks by, it gets my blood pumping, and he's in my my range. He, he's going to go down, and I it just I just can't help myself. When that excitement hits, I just know that's the deer I want to shoot. And I'm going to shoot it, and I'm not going to care what somebody on social media says about it. I'm not going to care if my buddy's giving me shit because it's not that big of a buck. Um, and I hope that our listeners understand that. Um, I hope they don't think that we're trying to set a standard for big bucks only because we all love to shoot big bucks. And that's not really what drives us in our hunting per se. And uh, the social media pressure lately 
it's absolutely freaking ridiculous. I can't stand it when people proudly post a picture of the deer and they have to say it's not the biggest butt, and then they still get slammed. As a hunting uh, community, I hope we can put some pressure on the community as a whole to be more accepting and let people be proud of the kills. Oh, for sure. I think, uh, as you were saying that, if anybody, I don't care if you are 12 years old, 22, 42, or 82 years old, if you email us a picture of a spike that you got using your hotshot product and you don't have that deer covered up in every other manufacturer's things to show off for all your quote-unquote sponsors, whatever, you got a smile on your face, you got a good picture that was well composed. I'm absolutely sharing that on our social media pages all day long. I don't care if it somebody else shot a bigger deer by 100 inches, by one inch, by one year. I love seeing people be happy with what they take. And I know we've talked about it in the past as well. You had an experience last year where there's just things that as you hunt, some things just get your blood pumping right away. You just know it's like, okay, this is cool. This is exciting. This is what I'm looking for. I've certainly had deer that have come in, walked around. I've rattled deer in, which is kind of cool, but I don't know. There's, there have been times where even nice deer, I'm like, no, I I don't think that's the one that I'm going to do. And then a smaller deer based on the situation, however it comes through, it's like, this is exciting. And you just, I don't, like you said, there's something that you just know right away. It's, it's that instantaneous. And I think that's what I'm looking for this year is it's got to be one of those things that I know right away. This is what I'm looking for. This is the experience. This is the quality of animal for me, for this situation, for this particular property. Except I don't care. Antlerless spikes, great bucks. We all love to see those too. But for anybody listening, if you are out hunting with a hotshot release this year or an AccuPeep, any sort of hotshot equipment, you get a deer that you are tickled pink with. Guess what? We will share that for you. Just email it over to us because I'm the same way. I'm tired of all the, well, it has to be a massive deer or the product's only good if it helps you kill large deer. That's not a factor of the product, unless your product is the corn that you planted in your field or that you're using um, for bait where legal or whatever it is. Big deer are a product of hunters, of game managers, things like that. So I, I think it's insane that, you know, it does take a lot to consistently shoot big deer. Even if you are paying outfitters to go do it, it does take a lot, but it's not everything. It is not the end all be all of hunter skill because you killed a big deer. So shoot what makes you happy. If you send me a picture that you are happy in, I don't care about the size of the animal. That's something that will get shared on our social media pages. Right. Definitely. I'd like to make a point on that. Um, you know, you talk about what makes you happy. The biggest point that I'd like to say on that, you know, after bow hunting for 30 plus years now, I would just encourage every hunter to be realistic about what they have available to them. And that's, you know, kind of, if you want to set a standard, you've got to be realistic about what you have. I, where, where I hunt right now, I'm extremely lucky to have some quality deer, um, you know, that are on my property and surrounding areas. It hasn't been like that my whole life by any means, probably just the latter third. 
of my, you know, my bow hunting career, if you want to call it that, that I've had the luxury of saying I can trophy hunt. I mean, uh, Robin and I just talked about this the other day. I remember my cousin and I growing up, we hunted uh, Fort Leonardwood, which is public property. And I remember days when we would hunt a Friday, Saturday, and Sunday and drive home happy as can be saying, oh man, I saw a deer this week. And just talking about the fact that, you know, you see a doe over in a ridge and contemplate whether to even move a stand to try to get intercepted the next day. Well, you know, now I'm in a situation where I could easily see anywhere from 50, 80 deer in a day, you know, if I sit all day in a stand, but that's not a luxury I've always had. So, and I, I know that for the majority of people out there, it's probably not the, you know, realistic situation. So, you know, pay attention to what's in your area and know that, you know, there's not a giant buck around every corner in every area and, you know, be realistic about what is and, you know, that shooting a 130 class deer or even a 120 class deer in some areas is quite a trophy. If, you know, if that's the mature deer in your area or somewhere else, you know, you may have the luxury of holding out for something bigger. But anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is not only shoot what makes you happy, but you've got to got to know what's in your area and be realistic with it and you know if you're holding out for 150 inch buck and there's not one on your property well that's going to make for a pretty uh depressing season yeah absolutely that's what i was gonna say or you have to be happy knowing that you're only taking this one thing because certainly i would guess where i hunt um you know we're hitting a year right now this is probably the largest number of mature bucks with quality antler size that I have seen since my parents bought their farm back in 2007. And I had a memory pop up on Facebook today from 2012, where I found a really nice eight point deadhead. I mean, we were devastated by EHD and there were probably four, maybe even five years that we had where it went from yeah, I would normally expect to see maybe three, four deer a day, not even having a shot at every one of them, but to, I had some seasons not too long ago where I was really happy if I saw three or four deer in the season. And now I'm back to the point where I'll be kind of bummed if I don't see three or four of the, um, what we have deemed to be shooter bucks on our property moving around at some point in time. So it's just, it's having realistic expectations and knowing that if I'm trying to shoot something better than I shot last year, it's very likely that I might go home empty handed, but if that's, what's going to make me happy and it's probably not, I don't know that I'm going to be that picky and I'm sure there's an antlerless deer around somewhere with my name on it. If I look hard enough, but having realistic expectations, I don't have the size deer that my friends out in central Kansas have, or up in Iowa or any of those things. So it's, you've got to be able to be happy hunting what you have available. Yeah. And that, and it's not, just expectations based on your area it's also don't let social media influence or overinflate your expectations trying to keep up with people on social media that are uh, hunting better states or better areas or uh, people that are extremely lucky asses like I was last year and shot three nice bucks in the season like that's not normal uh i fully admit that i probably will never do that again and uh i feel 
extremely fortunate and lucky that that happened. And I could go for the next two seasons and easily not kill a single buck. That could shake out to be that way. Um, you got to keep it all in perspective. And um, it really comes down to what started this conversation on the last the last 10 or 15 minutes that we've had about just being happy while you're hunting. If, if you're not having fun, I mean, what's the point? And if you're putting unrealistic expectations on yourself and unrealistic goals, you're just setting yourself up for uh, doom and gloom and, and not having a good time. And I have friends that every single season they set themselves up like that. And by the time November gets here, they're, they're done. Like they just, they're just giving up because their expectations were way too high to start with. And one tactic I kind of use, Tony and I have been doing this uh, on our farm, is you know we've got a couple really good spots that we feel like um, is a really good chance of catching a big buck off guard. But, you know, we kind of stay away from those areas early in the season. We've got lucky enough to have some outskirts, places we don't hunt hard, you know, during the rut and stuff that we know we've got a good chance of, of – um, of finding some does and stuff and that just kind of keeps it exciting keeps it fun kind of gets that that itch that robin talked about earlier about you just you know just love killing deer and shooting stuff and you know and if you're holding out for a big buck it kind of gets depressing so that's kind of kind of a tactic we use early in the season stay away from the, the spots you know that you know you're going to hunt hard during the rut and hit some of the outskirts where you know you still got a good chance of seeing a doe and and um you know and also helps kind of get the jitters out a little bit too you know there's something about that first year of the year that you draw back on you know it, uh, taking a dough it kind of helps kind of ease some of that and so but, uh, yeah i just uh do what makes do what makes it fun and stay active and get out there and try not to burn yourself out before it gets really good Absolutely. And it's a lot more fun to eat a small deer in your freezer in the middle of summer than it is to eat no deer because you wanted to hold out for uh, being the social media king for that year. So I'm absolutely more about uh, filling up the freezer than I am worrying about who thinks what about me on social media because it's... uh, it's pretty hard to get anybody to like you really on social media anyway. So yeah. it just goes Citizen back to do what a lot better than tags. Yes, absolutely. I've never ate a piece of summer sausage and thought, wow, you know, this would have tasted a lot better next year. I should have given this summer sausage another year. Well, Logan, we got about a minute and a half before we hit that line where we we're going to run out of signal. So we're going to jump off here and let you wrap it up. Uh, I'll just give a quick parting shot that as the season gets here, everybody be safe and good luck to everybody. And please do send us your pictures, like Logan said. Uh, Keith, thanks for uh, taking part with us and uh, getting this podcast wrapped up. Yeah, thanks. I always enjoy talking with you guys. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, gentlemen, both so much for time. Good luck this evening on your hog hunt. All right. Talk to you soon, man. See you, Logan. All right. See you guys later. All right, so there you have it again. Keith Reen and Robin Parks on their way to South Central Missouri to get in what might be one final hog hunt, uh, probably will be one final hog hunt before we switch over to deer season, which hits a week from today for us here in Missouri. So if you're out there hunting, and we talked a lot about shoot what makes you happy, excuse me, have realistic expectations. Um, 
understand what you have in your area, understand your experience. I will go back to saying, you know, any deer is better than no deer. I hunt for primarily the purpose of eating. I, I do love it. I don't even know that I can explain all the other reasons that I hunt. Um, but really my end goal is to have deer meat that me, my family, my friends and loved ones can consume. So make sure you're preparing. If your season doesn't start until October or maybe it's already going, you know, get that practice in, set up, who cares what people that you only know through social media might think about your animal? Go out there, focus on what makes you happy. If you get an animal this year, elk, deer, turkey, squirrel, rabbit, whatever with your bow and your hotshot products, let us know about it. You can absolutely tag us on any of your social media posts, Instagram or Facebook at Hotshot Archery will get us there. You can also email those pictures straight to me. I said, I don't care if it's a unicorn buck, if it's a spike, if it's a button buck, send us the pictures that you got with your archery equipment that made you happy. Make sure it's cleaned up. No back of the bed truck. We don't really have a need for that. Beer cans all over the place. You know, clean it up, get it out somewhere in the woods where you can take a decent picture and don't have it covered with all sorts of products to show that if it weren't for these products, you don't even have to have your hot shot out on it. You don't have to put your release or your bow or make sure you're wearing a hot shot shirt or a hat if you have it. Cool, but we're not trying to get the products. We want to share pictures of people who are happy with the animals that they've taken this fall. So email those to podcast at hotshotmanufacturing.com. If you are looking for a release, if you want something with the best warranty in the industry, the highest quality that we can possibly put into it, still some time you can go online and check out our products, hotshotmfg.com. You can also check out older episodes of the podcast from our website. We've got a podcast tab right up top there as well. So we'll wrap up with saying good luck, everybody. By the time we talk next, our seasons will be rolling. We're excited to be bringing you more deer hunting content as we get to that portion of the season. So thank you all so much for your time. And until next time, get outside and make sure you're shooting those bows.